Andrea Apasconi, and welcome to OrthoScience Bites. Today I'm joined by Dr. Claudio Suarez. Dr. Suarez is a clinical pathologist with a master's in industrial engineering. He had several leadership roles in both public and private laboratories in Chile in the clinical chemistry and post-analytical departments. He also has industry experience with responsibilities in Latin America, managing consultancy teams for laboratory design and in medical affairs. Currently, Dr. Suarez is the Medical Director of Latin America for Ortho Clinical Diagnostics and a member of the Global Medical and Scientific Affairs team. Thank you so much for joining us today, Dr. Suarez. Thank you, Andrea, for inviting me. Our topic for this episode is the diagnosis of chronic kidney disease, where we'll also discuss the latest recommendations from the National Kidney Foundation and American Society of Nephrologists. It is estimated that between 8 and 10% of the global adult population have some form of kidney damage. If undetected, chronic kidney disease can lead to kidney failure, which means regular dialysis treatment or a kidney transplant if is necessary for survival. The onset of chronic kidney disease is silent, meaning one often has no symptoms until the kidneys become damaged. This is why it is so critical to use in vitro diagnostic tests to monitor the health of your kidneys. If detected early and managed appropriately, the deterioration in kidney function can be slowed or even stopped. Dr. Suarez, let's start the discussion today with the etiology of chronic kidney disease. What causes it? Well, chronic kidney disease or CKD is an impairment of renal function related to the filtration capacity and also to structural changes of the renal parenchyma. Actually, there are several conditions that affect the kidneys chronically. Hence, being a chronic evolution, usually the first stages of these injuries are silent. But fortunately, there are risk factors that can guide the practitioner to actively look for renal impairment. Now, the two main causes of CKD are diabetes and high blood pressure, which are responsible almost for two-thirds of chronic kidney disease cases. There are other diseases, uh, for sure, such as glomerulonephritis and autoimmune diseases, such as lupus nephritis, that can cause inflammation and damage the kidney's filtering units. Obstruction, as well, from kidney stone or tumor can it leads to kidney damage uh, as well. So if you have conditions such as diabetes and high blood pressure, you are at greater risk of getting chronic kidney disease. Are there certain populations who are at greater risk? Actually, yes. In the U.S., African-Americans are four times more likely than white Americans to suffer from kidney failure. Hispanic Americans are 1.5 times more likely, and Native Americans are... 1.8 1.8 times more likely to be diagnosed with kidney failure. As well, social economic factors also contribute to the burden of kidney disease. There is a study conducted in Sheffield in the UK reported a greater risk of developing CKD associated with a lower socioeconomic status independent from the ethnicity of the studied population. Education levels, low income, unemployment, a lack of adequate health insurance all increase the risk of developing kidney disease and also limit access to preventive measures like annual testing and limit access to treatment. And since most people do not have any symptoms until their kidney disease is advanced, 
Monitoring for CKD is particularly important for those in the high-risk category. What tests can be used to diagnose CKD? Well, there are different approaches that can lead to a diagnosis of renal impairment. Sometimes it could be an incidental finding in an image, such as sonography or an MRI, where it's possible to see changes in the structure of the kidneys. However, the function and the structure of the kidney can be assessed taking serum and urine samples in those high-risk individuals, make it easy and practical to detect renal impairment. Now, the filtration capacity of the glomeruli, which are the a network of blood vessels that filter waste and remove extra fluids from the blood, can be measured directly with substances such as inulin, a polysaccharide, that is filtered but not reabsorbed or secreted, so it is possible to have an accurate measurement of filtering capacity. And this is called Measure Glomerular Filtration Rate, or MGFR. Even though this approach is the gold standard, its routine application is not practical since there is a need to administer an exogenous substance to the patient and then collect the urine for 24 hours. Therefore, the surrogates in serum are the alternative to have a viable approach to properly screen the population at risk for kidney disease. Also, structural changes that are not even detectable by imaging can be screened and monitored by molecules that shouldn't be present in the urine even when renal parenchyma is normal. So what testing strategies are feasible to screen the at-risk populations? Well, MGFR is the gold standard, but through mathematical modeling, it has been possible to derive formulas which provide an estimation of the GFR based on a surrogate of inulin measured in serum, delivering what's called the eGFR, or estimated glomerular filtration rate. The creatinine and cystatin C are the main surrogates that currently use those formulas such as CKD-EPI or MDRD. This is named of these uh, formulas used. And these formulas are constantly compared with MGFR to assess their accuracy, incorporating factors such as age, sex, and race to get an eGFR in different populations. But having the filtration capacity estimated, the structural impairment can be assessed by albumin in urine. This can be measured in 24 hours, but to make the assessment easier, the albumin is measured in parallel with creatinine, and the albumin to creatinine radio or ACR is an additional parameter to define the level of renal impairment. Both EGFR and ACR can be used or should be used in parallel to, to classify the renal impairment into five categories, defining renal failure when the EGFR is below 60 millimeters per minute and or the ECR is over 30 milligrams per gram. There are different equations that can be used to estimate GFR. Recently, the inclusion of race in the estimation of GFR in the U.S. was reassessed by a task force established by the National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology. Can you provide more background regarding why this task force was established? 
Well, EGFR equation incorporate demographic variables to explain variation in certain concentration of endogenous filtration markers that are unrelated to GFR, thereby minimizing systematic errors in subgroups defined by these variables in systemic differences between groups. And you're right, there was a national call in the U.S. for re-evaluation of the use of race in clinical algorithms. In response to that call, the National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology established a task force to reassess the use of race in the estimation of GFR. And the rationale of the task force was based on three things. First, the race is a social and not a biological construct. Second, the problematic nature of applying race to clinical algorithms. And third, the need to advance health equity and social justice. There was a special report published in September 2021, last year, in American Journal Kidney Disease, where the recommendations from the task force were described. And what were the outcomes from the task force's assessment? Well, the task force organized its activities in three phases. First, clarify the problem and evidence regarding the GFR estimating equation in the United States. Second, evaluate approaches to address the use of race in GFR estimation. And third, provide the recommendation. To clarify the problem, besides the fact that the laboratories are using several equations of uh, E-GFR, the inclusion of race in GFR estimated equation, along with other algorithms in medicine, is facing increasing scrutiny because, again, race is a social and not biological construct. Its inclusion ignores the diversity within and among racial groups and may contribute to systemic racism in medicine. In response, some institutions omit black race in computation of the EGFR, thus assigning the value for non-black person to black without previous evaluation of the performance in detected the renal impairment. Regarding the evaluate approaches, current and new equation using creatinine, sustitin C, and both combined were assessed in different scenarios that either did or did not include race in the calculation and reporting. Each approach was evaluated in considering attributes such as assay availability, population diversity, in equation development, performance compared to the G, uh, measure uh, GFR and the impact on the clinical care. One of the findings was that the EGFR equation that included the race variable had the potential to shift EGFR to a healthier value for a segment of population who are at risk, uh, highest risk of kidney disease. Discarding the race variable has the potential to identify kidney disease earlier and help with earlier referral for a kidney transplant. But the National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology recommend for U.S. adults, and we need to consider that over 85% of whom have normal kidney fusion, immediate implementation of the CKD API creatinine equation refit without the race variable in all laboratories in the United States. This equation doesn't include the race in the calculation and reporting, included the diversity in its development, 
and is immediately available to all the laboratories in the United States. It also has acceptable performance characteristics and potential consequences that do not disproportionately affect any one group of individuals. But also they recommend the national effort to facilitate increased routine and timely use of cystatin C, especially to confirm the estimated GFR in adults who are at risk for or have chronic kidney disease. They state that combining filtration markers, creatinine and cystatin C, is more accurate and will support better clinical decision than either marker alone. And they advise to encourage and fund more research on GFR estimation with new endogenous filtration market and on intervention to eliminate race and ethnic disparities. Thank you, Dr. Suarez. You mentioned the use of cystatin C. What are some of the advantages of cystatin C? Well, cystatin C is filtered out of the blood by the glomeruli. It is not secreted, but reabsorbed. And this is an advantage over creatinine, which in an advanced stage of CKD can be secreted, which can lead to an overestimated GFR since there there is a lower level in serum due to the, the secretion. However, in much the same way as creatinine, as kidney function deteriorates, the concentration of cystatin C begins to rise. It can therefore be used to assess renal function in patients suspected of having kidney disease and monitor treatment response in patients with CKD. It is a good alternative to assess renal function in cases where creatinine measurement may be misleading. For example, in cases of extreme obesity, older adults, or malnourished patients. And in addition, the use of cystatin C is race neutral. Published studies have shown that cystatin C is an effective renal biomarker for eGFR. In addition to the latest uh, recommendation, cystatin C is, is included in the KDIGO, the Kidney Disease Improvement Global Outcomes Guidelines, released in 2012, where it's recommended for the early confirmation and diagnosis of CKD. The National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology Task Force does call for exploring the performance of cystatin C in more heterogeneous populations, such as hospitalized patients. Thank you, Dr. Suarez, for the insightful discussion today on diagnosing chronic kidney disease. I hope everyone enjoyed this podcast episode about chronic kidney disease and the new recommendations for estimating GFR in laboratories in the United States. Make sure to review sections within the podcast description for reading materials we have suggested, including the special report with the recommendations from the National Kidney Foundation and the American Society of Nephrology Task Force. So based on today's podcast, I leave you with our pop quiz. What are the main causes of chronic kidney disease and how can it be detected? You can go back and listen again if you'd like some more details. Thank you so much for listening today. Please subscribe to OrthoScience Bites, our monthly podcast, where we will be discussing more complex questions we face every day in our labs. 
brought to you by Orthoclinical Diagnostics, pioneering advances in diagnostics for 80 years because every test is a life. Take care, stay healthy, and safe.